Democracy dies in darkness. I've been keeping half an eye on what is happening in the US around a lawsuit issued by two state attorneys general, Jeff Landry, Louisiana, and Eric Schmidt, Missouri, revealing that the Biden administration and big tech colluded to suppress the First Amendment rights of US citizens. Right there, we're talking about a body blow to democracy. You can read details of this lawsuit on Green Med Info and a link below the podcast. This is a significant part of the mischief in which the US is engaged internally. Let's not even think about interference they engage in external to their borders. In addition to the social media censorship, there is a broader censorship campaign at play, taxpayer funded of course, through the US equivalent of East Germany's Stasi, the Department of Homeland Security, DHS. It may sound harsh, ridiculous even, to compare the DHS to a Cold War Iron Curtain secret police force. Examine the parallels. The Stasi had one purpose, to keep the communists in power. The DHS has one purpose, to keep the homeland safe. The Stasi didn't care how they did it. The DHS decide what safe means and don't care what they have to do in order to do it. What the Stasi did was done with the approval of the Communist Party. What the DHS does is done with the approval of the White House administration. The Stasi marched their jackboots over individual and civil rights. The DHS run roughshod over civil liberties and constitutional rights. The Stasi applied their technique of Setsetsung to switch off any activist groups or individuals that might threaten the party. This included blackmail, social shame, false rumours and threats. Careers, reputations and relationships were tools used to destabilise and delegitimise a critic. The DHS have targeted a so-called disinformation dozen, making false claims against organisations and individuals, impugning reputations, destroying work and income, and attempting to silence critics. These critics are claimed to be domestic terrorists. The Stasi had so much personal information about each citizen, and so much influence over institutions, their power was absolute and unaccountable. Large-scale data collection by DHS follows the same pattern. In early 2022, Biden set into play a disinformation governance board, DGB, within Homeland Security to eradicate any dissent against the government's preferred messaging. It was operating two months before its existence was announced. The DGB received so much criticism and carried so much controversy that only three weeks after its announcement, it was paused. Only four months after its announcement, it was officially shut down, supposedly. However, a certain document reveals the underlying work is continuing. You can read about it via a link below the podcast. Homeland Security was initially set up to fight the war on terror in the wake of the 9-11 event. Now that that mandate has been wound down, instead of being disbanded, it has pivoted 
to monitoring social media, as if an Islamic fundamentalist flying an aircraft into the Pentagon and David Brent posting a funny meme on Meta are remotely similar. As concerning as the censorship is the other side of the coin. The Intercept reports a leaked email by a DHS official discussing using third-party non-profit organisations as a clearinghouse for information to avoid the appearance of government propaganda. In other words, we've got some propaganda to get out here, but we want to funnel it through a third party so it doesn't look like it came from the government. There are Orwellian themes to this that should be concerning to the citizens of all nations, because regardless of where the propaganda originates, it still largely gets delivered by broadcast media. And the broadcast media, mainstream media, legacy media, advocacy media, call it what you will, tell us what to think on a daily basis. And so many of us think just what we're told to, because we're compliant and we're good that way. John R. Schindler, former National Security Agency Senior Intelligence Analyst and Counterintelligence Officer, authored a report in the Washington Examiner about this memo. And you can read that in a link below the podcast. In this report, he wrote in part, that's what's called a cutout in the spy trade, the use of a deniable intermediary. Biden's DHS wanted to use ostensibly private cutouts to spread political propaganda approved by the White House, paid for with taxpayer money. That sounds more like East Germany than America. I've been countering disinformation, mainly Russian, since the 1990s, and the line between foreign lies and domestic views was always clear inside the Beltway, at least until Biden entered the White House. What's been going on in Washington is illegal and un-American. It needs thorough exposure. In the new year, when the House of Representatives is likely to be in Republican hands, what DHS and other federal agencies have been up to needs a full investigation. We're fortunate that the DHS bureaucrats who are colluding with big tech against Republicans and anyone who doesn't follow the Democratic Party line were foolish enough to write their wacky, unconstitutional ideas down in unclassified memos where reporters could find them. Biden's deep state is thankfully inept. On cue, the legacy media is ignoring the Intercept's bombshell report since it's not the narrative they want, particularly just a few days away from the midterm elections. Still, Dear journalists who have pontificated for years about how democracy dies in darkness, here's your chance to stand up for free speech and keeping the government away from our cherished values. The Washington Post bears a slogan on its website, directly under its banner, Democracy Dies in Darkness. This slogan is believed to have originated from Circuit Judge Damon Keith during his ruling on a First Amendment case. The importance of the press, all media actually, in protecting our freedom of speech and, by extension, freedom of thought, cannot be overstated. It's why we are in such a dire state at the moment. 
It's a problem that's existed in the US since at least 1786. In 1786, due to the aftereffects of the Revolutionary War against England, a struggling economy, and a rudimentary financial system in the young new country, many farmers and other citizens of Massachusetts were near financial ruin. Taxes were levied by the states of Massachusetts, which simply could not be paid. One of the taxes enacted in Massachusetts in 1785 was the State Stamp Act tax on newspapers. Considering the apparent effects of other taxes in the state, newspaper editors correctly perceived this tax as a threat to freedom of the press. This 1st of May 1786 issue of the Massachusetts Gazette published this persuasive explanation of freedom of the press addressed to the printers of America. Quote, Gentlemen, as your efforts have contributed greatly to effect the revolution and establish independence, upon your continued exertions the liberty and happiness of the United States eminently depends. For, without political knowledge, the people cannot secure their liberties, and this necessary information they receive by the medium of newspapers. For this reason, every embarrassment to the free circulation of these periodical papers must be viewed as dangerous to the freedom of the country. Unquote. This at a time when the US Constitution had not yet been written. Thomas Jefferson's famous Freedom of the Press quote is from a private letter he had sent to Dr. James Curry on the 28th of January, 1786, in which he wrote, Our liberty depends on the freedom of the press, and that cannot be limited without being lost. Yet 21 years later, he wrote to John Norville on the 11th of June, 1807, saying, Nothing can now be believed which is seen in a newspaper. Truth itself becomes suspicious by being put into that polluted vehicle. This would indicate that since newspapers, now radio and television too, are such marvellous vehicles to inform, they are ever likely to be used for disinformation and propaganda. With ownership of mainstream media being concentrated, and media also being paid for by powerful vested interests, any reports can be tainted. Not that they all are, but they all could be. Hence the vital importance of diversity of sources of information. In the lead up to the recent midterm elections in the US, Siena College ran a poll asking respondents if they thought democracy was under threat. And you can read about that in the link below the podcast. The Independent Journal reports in a review on an aspect of their poll that indicates, quote, as it turns out, 84% of respondents said, yes, the mainstream media posed a threat to democracy, including six in 10 who said it posed a major threat, unquote. Those cherished values to which Schindler referred previously would appear to be rather tarnished. Having quoted Thomas Jefferson previously, I had thought to end with another quote attributed to Jefferson, eternal vigilance is the price of liberty. Unfortunately, it turns out there is no record of him ever having said 
or written the words. The words have been attributed to a number of other men, including John Philpot Curran, Wendell Phillips, and Thomas Charlton. Having learned that little lesson, I thought instead to end with a quote that seems very relevant, not only to the topic of this article, but to the entire pandemic response. Emergencies have always been the pretext on which the safeguards of individual liberty have been eroded. <laughs>